The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a hit. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been laying, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Welcome into the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co-host, Aaron Murray. Be sure to follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11 And head on over to puntandpass.com, the number one destination in the world of college football. It's got our picks up there. We went 3-2 and two again. Aaron finally on the board with a lock winner. Uh, I did not win my lock this week, but we'll get back. We will get I'm back sorry. on track this week. Our blog is there as well. Our merch, our YouTube page, which everybody has been checking out and commenting on the videos, which I always like. You can see how handsome we both look right now. Puntandpass.com. It's the best. All right, Murray, gearing up for week five. Week four was a lot of fun. Um, Some great matchups within the top 25. Some really good action within the SEC as well. Gearing up for a huge week five, obviously highlighted by number two, Georgia, hosting number eight, Arkansas. Now, wow, number eight, Arkansas. College game day is going to be in Athens. Yeah, this one's a noon kickoff, but Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit are on the call, which I think just tells you the magnitude of the game. And if I could put... ESPN college game day, a top ten so matchup. Call the game at noon. Oh yeah, yeah. How are they going to do that? What do you mean? What do you mean they're going to do? They have game day till noon. Yeah, what I think Reese Davis tweeted out today. They'll be at Myers Park, which is Myers Quad, which is where yeah. game day always is, and then they're going to do the last hour in between the hedges. So they'll be in the stadium doing the okay. show. Um, but if I could really and screwed that up, I mean they really dropped the ball. I know they should have known that this was a really good Arkansas team based on the beginning of the season, and this was going to be a premier matchup. So. Yeah, I can't argue with Bama Ole Miss being 330, obviously. No, but you would think no, put this game at 7, better, and it's an electric point. atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. No, that's I totally better. agree with you. Um, but having said all that, a top 10 matchup, two undefeated teams, college game day, Fowler and Herb Street. If I could sum it up in one word, you know what it would be? Quavo. Wow. Quavo is going to be there, baby. Let's go. It is going to be. Where legends are born, and these are the games where Quavo shows up. (laughs) I just can't wait. Quavo is going to be shoved in our faces all weekend long. There ain't no doubt about it. I just want you to right now see if you can get a sideline pass. (laughs) Because we know Quavo is going to be on the sideline. I think he's actually going to be calling the first 15 plays of the game. That's what I've heard. That's rumors. We'll see. Uh, You should definitely see if you can get a sideline pass. But I must say, going back to uh, football-related stuff. Yes, please. Let's get on track four here. Was, 
before you get on your your, your Quavo uh, shenanigans, <laughs> what a great weekend yeah, of awesome. upsets, though, and crazy football games. I mean, left and right, I just kept looking. Obviously, Arkansas, uh, since we just mentioned them, the the win over A&M. Up 17 nothing forever. quick. I mean, this great win. A&M offense struggling. Baylor being Iowa State yep, yep. upset. Your favorite. Bumblebees, Georgia Tech. Wow, taking down North Carolina. Georgia Tech's playing good. Football I know right now. they they dominated Playing that game too. Football. Clemson loses number twenty five right now in the poll. They are struggling. They got a bunch of guys injured right now. Breezy, their defensive tackle, is now out for the season with an ACL. That's rough. Yep. Uh, USC lost to Oregon State in the Coliseum for the first time since nineteen sixty. Crazy. Nineteen sixty. Uh, Wild Week, obviously Auburn and Georgia State. That was a, once again, some uh, some referee issues within the SEC. I mean, that last five, but Auburn crazy. stuck it out. Crazy. Uh, it was a great weekend of football, man. A lot of great upsets. I had a great game. Um, yeah, you and did. I won. Indiana snuck a, snuck a much seen win out, winning 33-31 to 31 over Western Kentucky. Overall, a uh, really fun weekend watching football. Plus, like I told you before the show, I've never really watched the Ryder Cup. You know I got the bug. I've had the bug for about a year and a half now. Yeah, golf bug. I am a golf addict. I watched almost every second of the Ryder Cup the entire weekend from Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it may be the best sporting event I've ever watched. It's the best. It's Shout out Harris English. He's been on the podcast before. He's a damn good dog, and now he's a Ryder Cup champ. We'll get him on. We'll get him on for sure. Let's maybe even call him up. I, get, I bet she's going to go to the Auburn-George game. I'll text Harris if he's got a little bit of time. We'll get him on Thursday's podcast. It's going to be a huge podcast, obviously, previewing a gigantic weekend in college football. But there were some games you didn't even touch on, Aaron. I mean, how about Oklahoma? Are they for real? Oh. 16 points against West Virginia? Who what about Notre Dame? Notre Dame whooping up on Wisconsin with a 31-3 fourth quarter performance in Chicago. I told you that line stunk out loud. There's a little bit of user error First on off. our post of the picks. I picked Notre Dame. Aaron picked Wisconsin. Aaron texted me on Saturday and was like, you messed up the picks, blah, blah, blah. I picked Wisconsin. I picked Wisconsin. And then I I texted him after Notre Dame ripped off 31 points in the fourth quarter, and I said, you sure you want me to fix this? Are you, are you positive? <laughs> Should have kept your mouth shut. Florida. Florida picking up some life. I thought they would be yep. struggling after an emotional game a week ago against Alabama, but they take care of business in a big way, 38-14, to 14, and cover that large 19-point spread. Um, we're starting to figure out who's who in college football right now, and if you look at the schedule as it stands heading into Week 5, Aaron, there's going to be a lot of attrition for the college football playoff committee to decipher through later on this year. I think one of the games this weekend that everybody needs to really watch out for is Cincinnati and Notre Dame, right? Because if Cincinnati beats Notre Dame, they are going to run the table and they will make a very, very good case to be in the college football playoff later on this season. If Notre Dame wins, they're going to have a great chance to go undefeated, which of course everybody knows throws a cog when you're trying to pick the top four teams. And then, of course, Georgia and Arkansas. I tweeted out last night, Aaron, I said, Georgia's going to blast Arkansas. They're going to blast them. This game reminds me so much of 2017 when Mississippi State was coming into Athens and the dogs just laid it on Mississippi State. I believe the final of that game was 31-3. 
I see the exact same thing happening this weekend. I really do. K.J. Jefferson got banged up last week. Yeah, Arkansas came out hot and took care of business in a big way against Texas A&M. Texas A&M's offensive line is atrocious. Zach Calzada is atrocious. I mean, it's bad, Aaron. It's bad. I told. What have I told you for three you weeks have. now? You have. I have. You I've told you on this. It. Arkansas, or not, excuse me, Texas A&M it may lose this weekend to, I believe it's Mississippi State. Yes. No, wait, who is it? It is week five. Arkansas plays Georgia, Tennessee, Missouri, Ole Miss, Alabama, uh, Mississippi State at AM. Mississippi State can win. We're yeah. talking about a team at AM. I don't feel good. They may be the second worst team in the SEC West right now. Really? You're going to go there? Well, they can't score points. They can't score they points. They can't score points. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's go through it. Arkansas is obviously better. Alabama's better. Ole Miss is better. Yes. Um,. Uh, now let's finish up the West. Obviously, we'll see what Mississippi State. Yeah, I like LSU over them right now. Yep. LSU's gaining steam. Who am I missing in the West? Um, I believe you got them all. Auburn. So Auburn, I think yeah. Auburn's the worst team in the West. I would put I would put A and M right now in the sixth spot. It, Who do you have them right now? The way they're playing, their offense, the quarterback position. Who in the West is tough? Don't get me wrong. The West is absolutely phenomenal. The West is the best. Side of any conference yeah. in all of America. It's, yeah. it's the best division in America. I mean, it, it's just loaded with talent. Shoot, based on this weekend's game with Alabama Ole Miss and the way things are shaping up in college football, I mean, Ole Miss has a chance to be 11-1. I know. The day I know. Playoffs. I know we, 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 we mentioned that a little bit last week, but right now, I I, I still got to you know, go back and watch some more film, but I think Mississippi State has a chance. I like Mississippi State. I like the quarterback. I like their defense. They at least can score points. A&M just has no ability to score points right now. They have none. Do you know what the lowest amount of points that Alabama has scored against Ole Miss has been in the last five years? Uh, 45. 59. Oh my God! Sixty-six to three, sixty-two to seven, fifty-nine to thirty-one, sixty-three to forty-eight. That is what Alabama has done to Ole Miss the past couple of years. Keep in mind, last year, electric game, number two Alabama heads to Oxford, sixty-three to forty-eight. It's going to be similar this weekend. I believe the total right now is probably north of eighty points. We can look at that, but that's going to be a huge game. So you have. A top 10 matchup, Georgia-Arkansas at noon, and then you roll right into the 330 kick, which is going to be Alabama against Ole Miss. Obviously, tons of offensive fireworks in that game to be expected. But week five, we're going to find Ooh, out Another big game, who. too, week five, too. And and we're going to really, obviously, dive deep later in the week on the on the third, Thursday show. But Florida-Kentucky, who's, oh, yeah. who's the second-best team in the SEC East? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, and it's at Kentucky I mean, right at now, 6 Florida, p.m. I like Florida's that. Florida's steam. I've loved the way Emory is kind of, you know, ever since Richardson got hurt and it's been Emory's job, where Emory's not looking over his shoulder. He's not worried about when am I going to get pulled? When's Richardson coming in? Okay, Richardson's in. He balled out. Now i got to go out there and ball out myself. He's looked like a different quarterback a lot more comfortable, especially in the second half versus Alabama. Looked very comfortable versus Tennessee. Running the ball extremely well. Um, so he looks good, and he's a missing point. Defensively, Florida looks a lot better, too. Second half of Alabama and Ford. Yeah. 
They've looked tremendous on that side of the football. But this is going to be the game to decide who's the second best team in the SEC East. It's yeah. like Kentucky. Kentucky's undefeated. They've been struggling a little bit offensively the past couple of weeks, but this is a good good team. Going to be a great game. Um, Mississippi State A&M. We just talked about the importance of that game. And then Auburn LSU. Um, and, and, and what a cluster Auburn is right now. Tell me that. What's on, first off, it's not even – so I know everyone obviously wants to blame the quarterback, and I'm not coming to Bo Nix's defense here right now. Bo Nix did not play well. Bo yeah. Nix's feet in the pocket, you know, when he would just take one hitch and he was on time and rhythm was accurate. There was just too much watching the film last night where he's taking two, three hitches. He's questioning, should I throw it, should I not? Then he's late, then he's inaccurate. He just needs to let it go, trust it, and just throw the damn ball. But the receivers are awful for Auburn. I mean, I, I'm watching the game last night, watching the coaches copy. Receivers are in the same area. The routes are not crisp. They're rolling into stuff. I'm like, this looks awful. It looks like they're just roam, running around like a bunch of chickens with their head cut off, not knowing the route concept, how to run the routes, why it matters to run your damn route. Yeah. In the bigger scheme of things. And then what happens last night? They fire the receiver coach. So someone's the scapegoat. Someone's going to get punished for them almost losing Georgia State. It's the receiver coach, but I must say it warrants it because those receivers for Auburn, they're they're one, they're not very good, and two, they look like they don't care when they run routes. It's not helping Bo Nix. Yeah. Um, but once again, I'm not defending Bo here. Bo did not have a great game, but offensively, their offensive line did not protect. Their offensive line could not do anything in the run game. Um, they got whooped. It was actually embarrassing watching Georgia State's defensive line dominate an SEC offensive line like that. The entire offense was terrible. But yeah. as always, the quarterback gets blamed. But there's a lot of issues right now going on with the Tigers on that side of the football. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves. And people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. No, I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, the reviewed catch for Auburn on fourth oh down, that was clearly not a catch. I, I don't understand how that can happen. I really don't understand. There's fans how in the stands. They they, they view they the go, fans. Oh, fans like, like, oh my god! It. Yeah, they knew they just lost the game. Then they're like, No, no, I'm talking about Auburn fans. They looked at each other like, Wow, that's they, what I'm saying. The fans even knew that wasn't a catch. <laughs> I 
<laughs> I need to know how that decision is made. You clearly saw the ball rolling on the ground. He did not maintain the catch through the ground. He used the ground to secure the football. It was not a catch. The game was over. They somehow review it. They allow that call to stand. And then an even more impressive play was the fourth and nine where the game legitimately was on the line. TJ Finley gets a ton of pressure to your point. Georgia State's defensive line just whooping up on Auburn's offensive line. He kind of scrambles, rolls out, kind of gets back into the middle of the pocket, dips out to the right, throws it to a wide open receiver who makes a catch in the back of the end zone. And Auburn gets out with a victory. I thought for sure they were dead in the water. I thought 100% they were losing that football game. Unbelievable. And then they play LSU this week. So you have tons of awesome matchups in week five. Do you agree with me, though? I mean, if you look at the two top matchups, obviously, Georgia-Arkansas and Alabama-Ole Miss, Las Vegas is straight up telling us these games are not going to be close. Georgia, an 18 or an 18-and-a-half point favorite right now, and Alabama, a 14-and-a-half point favorite against Ole Miss. The Sharps in the desert are saying these two teams, these two elite teams in all the country, that, of course, being Alabama and Georgia, are miles ahead of their competition like Arkansas and Ole Miss. And when I say miles ahead, that's not to discredit anything that Arkansas and Ole Miss have done. I just think when you look at Georgia's defense, Aaron, you know, you can discount the Vanderbilt game. Vanderbilt is atrocious. They are an embarrassment. Uh, 35 to nothing with like three minutes left in the first quarter. I don't think I've ever seen that in a football game except maybe my sophomore year at Peachtree Ridge when we were getting our teeth kicked in by North Gwinnett and Norcross and Collins Hill and the like. But Georgia and Alabama, have a different gear. Yes, everybody watched Arkansas beat up on Texas at home on ESPN in week two. That was cool. Yes, everybody watched Texas A&M fall flat on their face this past weekend. Arkansas jumps out 17-0. They get out with a 20-10 victory. I think A&M and Texas are wildly overrated. Uh, Ole Miss, yeah, they're going to score 60 points a game, but their defense, which has taken strides in 2021 thus far, is going to go up against a real test. In Alabama, this game is in Tuscaloosa. The storyline of Nick Saban against Lane Kiffin is great. You know Lane knows what it takes to expose a Nick Saban defense so so certainly there are going to be a lot of points on the board here but I just think there is such a massive difference between the elite like Georgia and Alabama and the contenders like Arkansas and Ole Miss am I wrong there because I got Arkansas fans all up in my Twitter I mean I'm talking they came out of nowhere last night they're making Kentucky fans look nice so I'm just going to double down and continue to spread the love and say hey Razorbacks I love Coach Pittman I love what y'all are doing woo pig suey all that good stuff unbiased objectively Georgia is going to blast Arkansas this week and it won't be close no, I'm, I'm with you. Listen, they're, they're still, you know, the coaching-wise, at, at, at what Arkansas has done, they've built a tremendous culture, which is amazing after a year and four games, what Sam Pittman's been able to do there. Um, the defense is phenomenal. K.J. Jefferson's getting better, but there, there's still a massive difference when it comes to just the players on the field. And, and, and we always say it's not always about the X's and O's, it's about the Jimmys and the Joes. Yeah. And right now, the Jimmys and Joes in, in the locker room for Georgia are just far superior than the Jimmy and Joes for Arkansas. And and I love the story. Arkansas is still a top 15 team in the country. Don't get me wrong. But there is a massive difference right now, and you said it, with Georgia, Alabama, and then just everyone else in the country. I mean, Oklahoma, I mean, they're, they're really Ohio really close. State, are you kidding me? Come on No, now. Oregon. Yeah. I mean, Oregon, Oregon is probably the closest three. I still think if you put Penn State – Obviously, oh, Penn State beat Auburn. We're really starting to see, you know, Auburn's true colors right now. 
if you put on Penn State in a neutral site, and I don't even care, have Georgia and Alabama go to Penn State, white out, I don't give a damn, they'd still beat them by double digits. Yeah. Yes. It's not even close. There is not a third team in the country that I could say can go into a neutral field in the playoffs against Georgia, Alabama right now. I agree. That I feel comfortable saying that game would be in the single digits at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, you know, KJ Jefferson got banged up, looked like a little knee tweak. He did finish the game last week. I'll be interested to follow along his prognosis as the game kicks off at noon on Saturday. Any reason to be concerned, Aaron, about Georgia's run game? I, I listen to a lot of people that say, you know, the offensive line isn't really getting the push. Obviously, defenses are stacking the box at the beginning of the games. They don't want Georgia to continue or set the, the standard of a, of a heavy dose of rushing yards at the beginning of the game. But then you put the ball in JT's hands, and he's able to kind of sling it around and make stuff happen. They have a stable of running backs. I believe the average yards per carry right now is like around four yards a pop. That's really good. And it's not masked by like a 75-yard touchdown run, which, of course, no, can skew statistics. I yeah, people are so, they're so used to Georgia with the big plays, the big running plays, the, you know, break a 60, 70 yard touchdown. That's just not who they have. It's yeah. a ground and pound rushing attack, bigger, stronger backs. Obviously you got James Cook coming out of the backfield and what he's able to do, but it's just, it's, it's a different style of running it. It's it's more methodical on the ground, less big plays. I'm fine with that. I, I really am enjoying this, this passing attack right now by JT. I think he looks extremely efficient, uh, the timing looks great. He looks tremendous in the pocket. He's giving these guys opportunities to win some one-on-one balls downfield. I mean, that that inside fade route he threw with pressure in his face versus all-out blitz in the red zone was in, was incredible. Yeah, uh, that's that's a tough play. I don't care who you're going against. Pressure in your face, throwing it up, perfect location. Allow his receivers to go up there, and make a play. Uh, Bowers looks great. Um, yeah, Brock Bowers, stud. McConkey, yeah. Looks, little speedster where yeah. the hell he came love, from he looks pretty darn good too love so that they're hitting it's a well-balanced offense is it Ole Miss I'll say it again it's not Ole Miss it's not Alabama but it's a very efficient offense that can score points and you have the best defense in the country yeah I mean, I mean the defense flies yeah. the front front seven is is tremendous um Jalen Carter may be my favorite player on defense, though, yep. number 88. Yeah, free. What an, I know I've been saying it for a couple weeks now. What an absolute stud up yeah. front. Just throwing dudes around like it's JV football left and right out the offensive line for Vanderbilt this past weekend, which it looked like a JV game. It looked like varsity versus JV. <laughs> it really that is did. how far Vanderbilt football is behind everyone else. In the oh, season. man. It's embarrassing. It really is. I mean, it, they should – the SEC, man, it's a conference for football. I know the Vandy boys in baseball have been doing their thing, but it's embarrassing what they do on the football field. No, you're Absolutely right. Absolutely embarrassing. And I'm sure there's going to be Vandy fans. Well, you lost to Vandy your senior year. That was like eight, nine years ago. We're talking about <laughs> a today. long time ago. We're talking about the past three or four years and maybe more for Vanderbilt football. Yeah. Atrocious. Yeah. Embarrassing. And I mean, 35 the spread, the spread nothing. was bet almost in the first quarter. I know, dude. 35 nothing with like three minutes left in the first quarter. That That is seriously they pulled the starter. To JT, do. JT didn't even play like what? Into the second quarter, I barely? Know. You know, you mentioned uh, who's the third best team in the country. It pains me to say this, but if Notre Dame beats Cincinnati this weekend, they'll have a good case. Yeah, first slow start, first two games of the oh. year. Uh, but They should have lost this past weekend. I know. Though. That kickoff return changed the whole game. Changed the whole game. And then two pick so, sixes I mean, in the fourth quarter as well. You had a cut kickoff return for a touchdown well, and two Wisconsin pick sixes. The issue is it was a defensive battle. It was who doesn't screw up. Wisconsin takes the lead. 
they kick off Notre Dame's backup quarterbacks in. So if you're able just to pin him inside the 25 yard line, I just don't think then all of a sudden you just say, okay, Notre Dame's not going to be able to score on offense. We just have to then run the football, yeah. punt it, and then see if they can score. And yeah. change. The, the, as soon as the kickoff return occurred and Wisconsin was forced to actually have to sco- go down there and score points, then all of a sudden it turns into Jack Cohn just not knowing what color jersey his team's wearing. It was pretty bad. Yeah. And, and Notre Dame just kind of ran away with it from there. So special teams, special teams, special teams. Don't That's forget it. about it. Um, that is it well i'm fired up for this weekend man Uh, i'm just looking at the slate it's just jam-packed you even have a little uh, friday night primer iowa at maryland both undefeated big 10 teams which will be fun and then right out of the gates noon on saturday arkansas georgia michigan wisconsin 230 cincinnati notre dame 330 ole miss alabama 6 p.m. Florida, Kentucky. BYU, Utah State, Friday night. Yeah. Uh, 7 p.m., two undefeated Big 12 teams. Baylor at Oklahoma State, 9 p.m., Auburn at LSU. It's going to be an awesome You know awesome what's weekend. funny? I was, I was listening to um, uh, ESPNU this morning, and you know the big topic was the ACC. You know, is this and, Cannell and Dusty divorce? Yeah, yeah, you know Cannell. Obviously, Cannell, big Florida State guy, and is just a little salty right now with with how bad the ACC is. And they are trying to pump, which is I'm just dying laughing in the car, trying to pump up that Wake Forest is now going to be the oh team that's going to get goodness. into the playoffs. And the, if there's going to be a Wake team to make it, it's going to be Wake Forest. I'm like, wow, you guys are really week four of the season. Hitch in your flag to Wake Forest. That that's where the ACC is right yeah, now. Yeah, I know it's it's ridiculous. That's where they are. I agree with you. Clemson's number twenty five to Wake Forest. Wake Forest is number twenty four. I mean, come on, they might lose to Louisville this weekend. That's sad. It's crazy. It's crazy. All right. Well, hey, uh, let's get ready. Big show coming up on Thursday. I'm going to text Harris as soon as we get off here to see if he'll jump on with us. We're going to preview a massive week five ahead in the college football season. Aaron and I both went three and two against the spread. We're now both 11 and nine against the spread on the season. Aaron gets on the board, wins his lock. I lose my lock. So we are each one and three on our locks. We need to fix that. We need to get better. And we will. That's why we are here. Be sure to follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. Aaron is at AaronMurray11, puntandpass.com, number one destination for all things college football. Aaron, anything on the way out, my man? It is a beautiful week in Atlanta. It's a beautiful week, but the wife and I will be heading to uh, L.A. Actually, Ooh, this was the week we were supposed that. to be actually on a flight today to Hawaii. That's right. Um, COVID is running rampant in Hawaii on the island, so they are actually sending us – instead to la to cover the game from a studio all righty um so i'll be we were going to spend the whole week in, in hawaii so instead now we're going to go spend the week in la manhattan beach relax i love drink, it i love well, it well and uh, hopefully hopefully a better trip than my last la trip hopefully no more <laughs> yeah. locking my keys in my rental car well we hope that for you as well sounds good uh for aaron i'm drew we'll talk to you on thursday see you Don't forget to download the Southern Sports Today app. You can listen to this in every show on podcastpark.com or wherever you get your podcast needs. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. 
You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. 